Hello and welcome to Sex Ed for Sex Med, a podcast produced by the Ohio Sexual Health Collaborative for medical providers caring for women. However, women experiencing sexual difficulties who perceive a lower quality of life, do not feel like themselves and are looking to increase their knowledge of sexual health are also encouraged to listen. I'm your host, Dr. Terry Gibbs, and together with my rotating medical experts, we'll be providing evidence-based fundamental and advanced concepts for evaluating, educating, and empowering women with sexual concerns. We'll be addressing physical and mental and sexual health wellness as all these aspects are important to enjoying a healthy sexual life. Today, we are finishing part two of developing a focused sexual medicine practice. We'll be talking to Christy Haas, a licensed professional clinical counselor. She has worked in the Children's Home of Cincinnati as a behavior health counselor. She finished the University of Michigan Sex Therapy Certificate Program and is a certified sex therapist. Please enjoy this podcast. Well, hello, and today we are doing part two of developing a focused sexual medicine practice. Of course, there's many ways to do this, but but we're showcasing two examples. In the last episode, we talked to a clinical specialist, and today we're talking to a sex therapist. Christy Haas is a licensed sex therapist in Cincinnati, Ohio, and is on the board of directors of the Ohio Sexual Health Collaborative. And welcome, Christy. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Let's start the conversation, if if you would, by giving us an example of the type of patients or issues that you see on a daily basis. I will see couples and individuals. Most of the couples that I see are either struggling with some sexual dysfunction or relational issues that are somehow related to sex. So desire discrepancy, premature ejaculation, erectile dysfunction, pelvic pain, pain during sex, those kinds of things. And individually, I will see people that are struggling with that as well. So kind of the same things show up, but it's working with it through the relational dynamic versus the individual dynamic. I actually prefer working it on it relationally if possible, just because I can get the whole, the whole picture in the room with me. So those are really the main issues that I see that come into my my office on a regular basis. So we're talking about, you know, focused sexual medicine practice. So yeah. tell us about your career path in becoming a sex therapist. Yeah. So I did not grow up thinking I was going to become a sex therapist or a therapist at all. I wanted to be an actress. And so I was a musical theater major in college. And I ended up actually going down the path of living in LA for a little while. I got really into yoga. So I started doing yoga and I was a teacher, yoga teacher. And then I started in Cincinnati when I moved back here. I helped develop a nonprofit that taught yoga to inner city school kids. And I was teaching these kids weekly. And every week I would go in with this group of eighth grade girls and we would have this little like pre-check-in and then we do some yoga. And at the end we would do sort of like just emotional, like regulation and, and somatic work and all these things. And I was like, I want to do more of this. Like, I love the getting to know people and the getting into their stuff and like helping and hearing the stories. And so I was like, I think I want to be a therapist. So I went on that track and I started doing therapy. And then I recognized as I was hoping to work with kids 
that there is no helping these kids if I don't help the couples, the parents that are that are raising these kids. It was such a tough situation to kind of navigate the children when the parents were struggling so much. So I was like, I'm going to work with couples. Like, I'm going to help couples be better parents. I'm going to help couples be better couples. And then I started working with couples and I was like, oh, so a lot of this is sex related. There's a lot of sexual issues that are coming up with couples. I, I'm going to work as a sex therapist. So I went to um, University of Michigan. And I did their ASEC certified sex therapy course, which was absolutely incredible. It was under Sally Foley's um, leadership at that time. It was life-changing. And as soon as I stopped or ended that course, I did my supervision hours and I began doing private practice and I dove right in. And I'm one of, I think right now, maybe there's four sex therapists in Cincinnati. At the time, there were only two of us. Um, And so- I was busy right from the start, just kind of jumping in. And so that's where I've been for the last six years now. I've been in private practice doing sex therapy with couples and individuals here in Cincinnati. And after after the pandemic, I switched to virtual. So right now I'm fully virtual. In the next month, I'm going to be doing hybrid. So I'm going back in person finally um, to do some in-person work as well. Wow, that's quite the evolution. It's a journey. Yeah, it's a journey. <laughs> it's a journey. Absolutely yeah. a journey. Yeah, it was but, a trip. <laughs> that's great that that how you just kind of kept layering things as you discovered how you work and what your interests were. That's that's really terrific. T- tell us a little bit about more specifically about um, the the process of getting these specialized training and credentialing certifications. You talked about uh, becoming a uh, just a counselor to begin with. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that, and then a little bit about how you got the this more about the, the the specialist training in sex therapy. Yeah. So I I went to Xavier University to get my master's in clinical mental health therapy, and that's a three year program there. And then after that, you have to take all of the clinical exams. You have to have I think it's fifteen hundred hours of direct service. You have to take several other exams to be independently licensed, which means that you no longer have to have a supervisor um, signing off for you, essentially, and and following up on your work. And then once you're independent, I had to be working for a full year as a counselor before I could um, enroll in the University of Michigan. That's their their criteria. You have to be independently working for at least one year. And so as soon as I was done with that one year of therapy, I worked in clinical mental health um, in an agency here that worked with high schoolers. And so I was doing that work while I was enrolled at University of Michigan. And then the University of Michigan program was a hybrid. And this was before COVID. This was in 2014. So it was a hybrid program, which was really like different at the time. And so it would be a couple of weekends up there and then a couple of weekends virtually um, and it kind of alternated and it was a whole cohort, but the cohorts were sort of broken up into different levels. So you could do the level of sex educator, which did not require a master's degree of any sort. You could do a sex counselor, which had like, you didn't have to be a therapy like uh, career level. You could be like a nurse or a doctor or anything like that. And then in order to be a sex therapist, you had to have that counselor like prerequisite in order to do that piece. Um, and then post the program, you had to have 50 hours of supervisor 
meetings. So you had to have 50 in-person supervisor hours um, and you had to have 300 direct service hours with clients at the time. So once that was done, you for ASECT, you fill out this really labor intensive, wanting to get gouge your eyes out application. Yeah, <laughs> Which University of like. Michigan, it was really hard. It was my application was like 80 pages. Oh um, but University of Michigan's program really did a great job at helping us through that and helping guide us like how to do it. Um, and then once that was processed, then you got your certificate and you were ready to go. And for me, like, I was like, well, I'm just beginning to figure out how to do this, like through all that work, you know, you're like, you're learning how to learn how to do it. Um, and so I continued all of my supervision, like well after my hours were done, because I, I really, plus I was in private practice. So I felt pretty isolated. So I was like, I need mentors. I need collaborators. I need consultation groups. Like I need all of these things in place so that I'm really like providing the best care for all of my clients. So, so I've known some uh, clinical people, uh, doctors and uh, nurse practitioners, et cetera, that have gone through that course and um, are sex counselors. Yes. But they can't be the therapist because they haven't done the prerequisite therapy training. Correct. Did I understand that correctly? That's correct. Exactly. Uh, what is the difference between you, a therapist, and somebody who's a counselor? Yes. So a therapist, and I'm I'm a clinical counselor, right? So like I am a counselor, but sex therapist is what people kind of like refer to us by. So the difference between a sex counselor and a sex therapist is I can actually provide the sexual therapy for you. So I can go in and I can utilize all of my therapy skills that I acquired through grad school and after trainings, like more like, like EMDR and um, internal family systems and like all of the different criteria or different frameworks of therapy within this sex therapy model. So I'm utilizing the clinical therapy tools that I already have, and then I'm laying it over with the sexual health component piece. What's the, the sex counselor so-called, um, you know, say, you know, I know a, a nurse practitioner who's a sex counselor. She's gone through that training, went to those courses. Yes. What is she doing with that education, with that certification? So it would be more directive. Typically, the people that did that were either, in my experience, like what who was in my co cohort, were either nurses, doctors, or like pastors, priests, right? Right. So it's different, like other roles. And so they don't go as deep. They don't do the deep intensive. Like I have some clients that I've been working with for two years, right? Like on the same situation, we see each other weekly. The treatment and the care is very, very different versus the doctor that went to this program. They have the additional sex therapy training or sex counselor training. So they know more intensely, um, the components of sexuality, how they show up, how they can have these psychosomatic impacts, how they systemically can like impact, but they don't, they aren't able necessarily because of the way their job is set up to take the time to go that deep, right. To take it even deeper and to tie it into all the other things. I go into childhood. I go into, you know, all the histories. I go into the system of like the family and everything. I have that ability and that flexibility to do that because of how therapy is set up. They didn't have to do the, the counseling hours that you had to do. No. To get, is that is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember quite what their requirements were, but okay. I know they were different. Yeah. 
Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, well, what advice would you give someone who's entering the profession as a sex therapist? Patience. Um, there are times <laughs> through the process where you're right? like, oh my God, this is never going to act. Like, I'm never going to get to the other side of this and learn. Um, the more you know, the more you know you don't know, right? Like, the more mm -hmm. you learn, the more you realize mm -hmm. you don't know anything, right? Like, there's so much there. For me, because I'm one of the only sex therapists in my area, which is normal, right? Sex it therapists is. are not very common um, across the map. So I have to be a little bit of the jack of all trades, but like no one person can do that. So I really worked on building a robust referral network and like people that specialize in certain things. So I have really great relationships with pelvic floor PTs. I have really great relationships with gynecologists, sex medicine, doctors, um, urologists, those kinds of things. So really working on relationships, not in terms, I don't know. I think when I first got into this, I thought of networking and I was like, Oh, that sounds terrible because I thought it was like to gain business for me. And like now all my networking is about a greater level of care for my clients. Like who, like I need this large community so I can take better care of the people I'm taking care of. Right. So I think that's a piece too, is maybe reframing what networking actually is and why you need to do it in private practice and also in this specialized work, because it really takes a village with a lot of these cases. Thank you for those comments, because that leads right into the next question. Tell me about that village. Tell me the people that you work with there in Cincinnati, where you met them, what you do with them to take yes. care of your patients. Yeah. So probably my biggest referral source and people who refer to me are medical doctors. So urologists, gynecologists, primary care doctors. So I have lots of relationships with people in those fields because they don't have the time or capacity to be able to get into it. Right. So they're like, please help me. Like, please help me with these people. Awesome. Um, Yes. And so it's a, it's a really win-win situation for us. The other place that I get a lot of referrals is through other therapists, like general therapists who do not have the training or the comfort to talk about anything sexual. And so specifically for me, like couples therapists will refer to me all of the time. Hey, I have a couple that I've been working with and it really feels like we're getting into like all the sexual stuff that I'm not, I don't have the ability to work with. Can I send them to you? And whether they still work with that initial therapist also, or maybe they take a break and go back. And I just work on this one contained piece. It's a really nice win-win situation for both of us because there's a lot of care and support happening there. I work with pelvic floor PTs. Of course, I have a lot of good relationships with pelvic floor PTs. I actually have some good referrals with like financial advisor. I know that's really weird, but like a lot of couples will come to me through like whatever the financial <laughs> advisors are because of like, they'll have all of these issues or concerns and then somehow sex gets caught up and they'll refer to me. So I've had like several clients come to me through financial advisors, which is odd to me. That's interesting. It's it's very, very interesting. <laughs> wow. I also wedding planners. Wedding yeah. planners have referred to me a lot for premarital couples that are like, wow. oh, we're interested in this. And so we'll do more of like a sexually focused premarital counseling um situation. So people come from all over. <laughs> did, did did you knock on doors or how did you get yourself out there? So initially I did. And again, when I first started out, I had a bad attitude about like, this is me selling myself. And I just had all of this old stories that I was telling myself that this is like cheesy and I didn't like it. <laughs> and I really needed to like give myself a spanking because 
it's not about that. And now I have such strong relationships with all with most of these people that it's so worthwhile to do. And there's so much to learn. Um, I also think that there's a lot of competitiveness sometimes like in this field, especially when there are so few sex therapists or, you know, public floor PTs. And so there's like this, you know, people are competing against each other and there are plenty of people out there that need our help. Like there are, we are not going to run out of people that are suffering from these things. So really sharing information, sharing clients, sharing, you know, like being generous with, with all of and contacts is so important to create this really, really strong community so that everybody can be taken care of in a really, really great way. Again, I'm not a jack of all trades. I can't help everyone, um, nor should I. And I did knock on doors initially for the wrong reasons. And I learned really, really quickly that that wasn't going to be sustainable. And when I started recognizing, oh, I have a person for this person. Like I know exactly where to send. I was like, oh, that feels really good. Let's do more of that. Right. I also did. um, I worked really closely with my supervisor through my ASEC certification process. And she connected me with a lot of different people. Like you need to talk to this person. You need to talk to this person. So talking to other people in my field was really helpful uh, in terms of bridging some of those, those relationships as well. You know, I, I just as a physician in OBGYN, I I so relate to what you're saying. I mean, how many people that I had to reach out to in my world yes. uh, that I things that I couldn't take care of that I needed help with. So, you know, that makes total and utter complete sense. But um, so yeah, it's, it it sounds like you you grew quite rapidly, and and I gotta tell you that even though um, you know, or I don't know how or sex therapists in a city sounds to people if it's a lot or if it's not that much, but I will tell you, you have a ton because you know what, we don't have any in Toledo. Yeah, yeah. I know they have a good amount in, in Cleveland. It's very active with the sexual medicine side of things, but you know, most cities do not have, no. you know, Christy Hazes. And, yes. and so, yeah, you've got, uh, You've got large parts of you know Ohio to yeah. yourself if you want, and and I think the the big thing that I'm hearing is that you're virtual and people can reach out. Yes, and I know there's that there's an Ohio law now that allows you to be virtual, where somebody in Ten Buck Two can get on the phone to you because there's not that many of you. Is that correct? Would yeah, you talk about a, that law? Yeah, there's a reciprocity. I can't remember exactly what the bill was called. Um, it will come to me. But essentially, all of the states that sign up for this, you would be able to provide services across those state lines. So if, if South Carolina has signed up for it, and we sign up for it, then we can I can provide services to the people that are in that state. Um, for right now, I'm in Kentucky and Ohio. Like I'm, I have licenses in both of those, so I'm able to do virtual. Plus, I'm I'm right on the border, so like people come in to see me also. Um, but I don't know that that's passed quite yet. I know it's in the process, and I know it will be. Uh, but for right now, I'm not sure that that's actually passed. So it's really exciting and really necessary in terms of just continuity of care and best care for people, because there aren't a lot of us, right? And there aren't a lot of people that are specialized in anything sex. So like being able to exactly. cross those borders is going to be so, so helpful for so many people. Now, you mentioned a little while ago uh, about mentors in your uh, career. 
Develop that for us, because I I think that's a a real important uh, factor here. Yes. So I I have a few mentors. So um, probably my primary mentor is my sex therapy certification supervisor. Her name is Dr. Jill Bly. And she's in her, she doesn't want me to tell her age, but she's in her late 80s. And she has a full practice and she is absolutely a force to be reckoned with. Like she is just a mentor of all mentors. She um, helped create the Rape Crisis Center here in Cincinnati. She, you know, was really big into UC sex therapy program. She's had a private practice for all of these years. She is great. I refer to her all of the time when I have cases that I'm like, uh, I don't know what to do with this person. I'm not quite sure I have the capacity for this. I will send them to her. So I've done supervision with her since I started my sex therapy training, and I will still go back to her and have consults. And she's just a dear friend of mine at this point too, because she's just so wonderful. I don't know where I would be without her. I think that mentorship is is invaluable, like so, so important. So I met her through the ASECT website. So she was the only supervisor, dare I say, in all of Ohio, maybe at the time. I think there are more now, but she was definitely the only one in in Cincinnati. And so I called her and I was like, hey, I'm pursuing this ASECT therapy certification. Can you help me out? And she was like, absolutely. So I went in and met her and we hit it off right away. And I was like, you, you. So she is, she is awesome. Um, And she still does offer supervision. So if anybody is interested in getting their ASIC certification and needs the supervision, she would be available to do that. My other supervisor or my other mentor would be my grad school, sort of the head of the grad school program. I still go into the Xavier University to talk to the counseling graduate students um, about the process of being in private practice and about sex therapy and kind of like all of the the niches and things that you can you can do within this this um, focus. And so he's been a really great guide for me as well in terms of like helping me continue to sort of network within these younger generations of therapists coming out, also staying, you know, in touch with academia and all of that, like it's, it's been a really great relationship. And I think, you know, experience, like I, when I came into this, I was 30 years old or so, like I didn't have a whole lot of life experience, but definitely not therapy experience. And so really connecting with people who have had that and can share it with you is incredibly valuable and we need to learn from our elders and they're not, you know, elders, but like we need to learn from people who have, have the wisdom and have the experiences. It's so, so necessary. I could, we could talk about that for another hour. That's just, <laughs> I mean, it's just tremendous. It really is. Yes. And yes. Um, you're so right. You're so right. Yes. Hey, let's take a moment and, you know, you've become the sex therapist and you've just really evolved yourself and uh, really figure out that this is a passion what are some of the the cases that you've done that you've really felt such a great satisfaction in in helping people with your knowledge? So I have had a couple of cases um, with women or couples where the women is struggling with vaginismus. And through the help of the gynecologist as well as public floor PT and then me, we've been able to get people to a place where they're able to have pleasurable sex, but also conceive, you know, I'm a mother and that was a choice that, 
you know, I made the choice of being a mother, but I didn't have to do it with the added difficulty of like whether or not I would be able to have sex in order to do that. And so being able to give somebody the guidance and support to get to that place was magical, like really, really powerful and such a joyous experience. And now they have, I think, three kids um, and really just thriving um, and, and enjoying their sexuality. I think those stories are the most rewarding for me. Um, and, and specifically the ones where it's a collaborative care model. I find that so rewarding when people are working together with all of the different faculties and we're able to like, like support someone and they can do it. Right. Um, not that it's not rewarding if it's just me, but like something about that really speaks to me, you know, also on the other end of that is, you know, individuals who have experienced pretty traumatic sexual abuse histories or sexual assault, um, situations and getting them to a place where they've processed the trauma somatically and also intellectually, and they're able to then go on and live a healthy sexual life. That's extremely rewarding for me. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's so many, it's such a rewarding job and really just the, the joy of people coming into my virtual office right now and like sharing their stories in their life with me is such a gift and an honor that like, even that, even though it seems sort of small is huge. Like that's such, such a gift, uh, that I, I, I walk away from my job and I'm like, I have the weirdest job and like the most awesome job in the world. Like it is so bizarre, but it is so cool that I get to do this. Like it's crazy. Yeah. I just, I'm going out there. I'm putting myself out there, but have you, you've taken care of, uh, sex, uh, sexual problems for uh, cancer survivors. Yes. Yes. I've had a fair share of women who are uh, breast cancer survivors and I've worked with them individually. And I've also worked with them in the context of the relationship. And that's extremely rewarding work in terms of the processing of it, like going through all of those phases of grief and coming out the other side and then going through them again, right? Like lots, lots of times it's not linear. We go through these like a million different times, but being able to meet themselves again right? And like embrace themselves again in this new body, in this new experience of life um, to process that anxiety that's with them every single day at this point and to get to them to a place where they can live a life where it's not just surviving each day. It's awe-inspiring. Um, it makes me like tear up. Like I think about that and it's just, it's a lot, it's heavy stuff, but you know, sometimes some of the couples that I've worked with haven't survived those situations because it's really, really a trying journey. Um, and so, you know, even being able to hold a couple in that and like losing the relationship, but still like maintaining like this integrity through that and recognizing that this was just a really hard situation for a relationship to, to handle, um, even those are rewarding experiences because we're able to get through it with dignity and integrity and come out the other side stronger. Um, but yeah, those are, those are tough cases as well. Really tough cases. Well, I, just as a clinician, uh, what I see more, more often um, it, uh, is that kind of thing. And, you know, it just kicks your heart in because you just see people have such a tough time but I don't have the bandwidth that you have for, for dealing with that. So it's just so <laughs> wonderful to hear. 
I, I really appreciate your time. Um, you're a great representative for the field of sex therapy. Thank and you. we're just thrilled we we had you with us today. And, um, you know, I know you'll have impact for those learners listening to these podcasts and, and considering that uh, field of, of sex therapy. So thank you again for your time and for being on our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sex Ed for Sex Med. Please find the articles used in today's discussion in the show notes for further study. Also, you will find the contact information for our expert today.